Regardless of party or political labels, there are amazing examples of real-life success stories happening across America. Local leaders are showing how to solve problems in healthcare, education, and other issues Washington just can't fix. Experience those stories in the new book, Falling in Love with America Again, by Jim DeMint and the Heritage Foundation. Get it today at inlovewithamerica.com. That's inlovewithamerica.com. A lot of people are asking the question, how can Republicans win in blue state areas like New England or the West Coast? Let's go to Weekly Standard staff writer and numbers guru, Jay Cost, to get an answer to that question. Jay, thanks so much for your time. Oh, it's great to be here, Michael. So is there any hope for Republicans in pits of blue like New England or California, Washington, Oregon, et cetera? <laughs> well, there's always hope. <laughs> um, <laughs> kind of like yeah, the hope I mean, and look, change brand of hope, that kind? Yeah, right. Like um, we're hoping that Obamacare is going to work, that kind of hope? Yeah, like something, maybe something a little better than that. I mean, you know, that's just blind faith, right? <laughs> um, you know, look, I think the problem that Republicans have in these states is that, you know, the, their benches have just been eviscerated. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you look at how many, how many state senators are there, uh, Republican state senators in the Massachusetts upper house, like five? Four. Is it le- four. four out of 40. And right. the legislature as a whole is 90% Democrat. Right. That's, that is the number one obstacle the Republican Party has. Mm-hmm. If they want to contest House seats, if they want to contest Senate seats, they don't have a party organization that produces top top of the line candidates. I mean, Scott Brown um, was really sort of the exception that that almost proved the rule in in 2010. Um, and you know they have a similar problem in California. It's it's less pronounced in Oregon and Washington because the rural areas in both those states tend to lean Republican. But look, that's the big problem that they have. And and by the way, that's one reason the Democrats have been able to remain competitive um, in states where you wouldn't think they could win. For instance, Heidi Heitkamp in North Dakota. Right. Um, you know how how are the Democrats producing you know Senate victories? in a state that's going 60-40 for the Republicans. You know, Massachusetts is going 65-35 for the Democrats, and the Republicans can't do anything. Right. You know, the difference is, it, the difference is you know, it's, it's sort of like the farm system in the, in the baseball, uh, for, as mm-hmm. a baseball metaphor. You know, the Republican farm system in New England has been, outside of New Hampshire, it's basically non-existent. Uh, the Democrats have been able to maintain something a- akin to a better farm team in Portions of the South, um, and also in the Great Plains states. But you know, a good comparison would be South Carolina, would be right. a state where the Democrats have no farm team and they can't compete at all. Uh, it's sort of the same problem Republicans have in Massachusetts. But in South Carolina, there's at least one Democratic congressman, and uh... well, the Democrats in South Carolina have the advantage of minority my, majority district. Sure. Um, which is something that Republican, you know, if you're a black Democrat in South Carolina, the law gives you basically gives you a protection as a minority political interest. Right. Um, you know, that's a that that it's for for racial minorities. If if that didn't exist, um, the chances are Clyburn's seat would be mm-hmm. gerrymandered out of existence. Pretty much what the Democrats have done in Massachusetts. Right. <laughs> But, I, but, you know, the question is, when you have a region like New England where you have a problem with candidates, how do you prime the pump to get good candidates so that you can, you know, like you said, have the uh, guys who can play at the next level? Right. Therein lies, you know, the issue um, 
I mean, that's the problem. I mean, and this is, it's almost like a chicken versus the egg kind of dilemma. You know, how, how do you get this started? You know, it's hard to say. Um, you know, one of the things that happened in the South um, is the Republicans, there were, they, they had two, two things going for them in the South. The one was they had, starting in the 50s, Eisenhower was a candidate with appeal to the South. He was born in Abilene, Texas, and he served in the military. And it, and it helped kind of break the negative impression that Southerners had of the Republican Party. Right. And I think New Englanders have a similar problem with the Republicans today. You know, you ask your average New Englander, what do you think of the Republican Party? They're going to they're gonna conjure up an image of Georgia, rural Georgian Bible thumpers, sure. you know. Um, that's a problem. Um, you know, Eisenhower helped break that impression. You know, that would be one way to do it. You so know, let look, me interrupt you right there, Jay. Do you think someone like a Chris Christie running as the nominee could help break that image? Yeah, I think I think it's possible, although, you know, the challenge – he would have to do it, I think, it would not be as a candidate in 2016. It would have to be as a, as the president. That's where these changes get made. Um, you know, it's sort of people say, oh, there, there was a New Deal majority realignment in 1932. It's mm-hmm. not true. The realignment happened between 32 and 36 as Roosevelt was passing, you know, new policies. Right. That would be how it happens. It's not something that's going to happen in 2016. Similarly, Republicans are not going to start winning black voters over in 2016 by running a campaign. They're going to have to win the black vote by governing in a way that's targeted towards black votes. So that would be how it, it, it. Christie himself would probably get swamped in New England. Best case scenario, he would win New Hampshire and get blown out of the water everywhere else. Right. Um, but, you know, conceivably, as as president, because the president has a capacity to sort of change the political structures and the status quo institutions that exist between the two parties can scramble the deck in important ways. That would be one way. Uh, is there a, uh, you know, one of the things that people said is, well, you've got to start at the local level and you'll get candidates at the local level. But if the brand is so damaged, does it matter if in New Hampshire or Massachusetts or Rhode Island you've got people running for the state Senate if their knee-jerk reaction is, but you're a Republican? Right. Well, I think New Hampshire is probably a better – a right. better situation Absolutely. for Republicans. No, they have a competitive, it's definitely a competitive state. No, I mean, that's exactly right. That's the problem. And, and, and see, there, you get into a feedback loop here, which is to say, if, if you know, there's certain people who just make good candidates and who want to be in politics and are ambitious right. and want to pursue it as a career. So if, if you're that sort of person in Connecticut, say, mm. do you get join the Republican Party or do you join the Democratic Party? Which sure. party is a better, better vehicle for your ambitions? And if, you're gonna, and if you're going to run as Republican, do you stay in Connecticut or Rhode Island or Massachusetts exactly. or just move? Exactly. You leave. Right, That's exactly. Right. You do what Scott Brown's thinking of doing mm-hmm. conceivably. You know, he's, he's you know, thinking about moving next door to the last state up there that's really friendly. <laughs> you know, look, I think that, you know, the optimistic thing is is that no, no society, no state is 90-10. Uh, you know, in, Actually, in yes. genuinely 90-10. Massachusetts is 90-10. Well, there are angles. See, I think I would argue that in any kind of political, any body politic, there are opportunities and angles for the minority party to mm-hmm. exploit. Because one party can't account for all the preferences and issues and interests of 90% of the population. Mm-hmm. And the, the, the Republicans in New England just haven't been able to do that. They've been hamstrung. And I think at the end of the day, they've been ha- hamstrung by the fact that you know, the national reputation of the Republican Party in New England uh, is 
very, very bad. Right. Um, they're associated with the South and with George W. Bush and all sorts of things that are just unpopular. That's where a new president conceivably could reorient the party in a way that enables Republicans to take advantage of the latent, I would say the, the divisions there within the Democratic Party's ranks are latent, but they're they're potentially there, and they could be taken advantage of. Well, let me ask you then about Rand Paul, who just won the CPAC straw poll, but more importantly, he has a vibrant, devoted, small following in New England and in on the West Coast and the blue states out there from libertarian-leaning voters. Is he a guy who could realign the vision of the Republican Party? You know, yeah, I think he could. He's an interesting guy in a lot of respects. In that in that regard, he's got some um, you know ideas that I think are deeply consistent with the Republican Party, or at least with conservatism, um, but that don't usually get an airing among in the Republican Party. Um, I think he's interested in issues and ideas that your average Republican aren't isn't interested in, or at least your average Republican leader isn't interested in. Right. And those, that's exactly what we're talking about, right? This is sort of changing the conversation. You know, Republicans are not going to win in New England by having the same conversation they've been having with Democrats for the last quarter century. That's a conversation Democrats win. The way you win is changing the conversation, talking about different issues, not not, not the same issues, and keep you know making the same points over and over again. Rand Paul's a, the sort of candidate potentially who could do that, uh, but you know, again, it's it's difficult to say because you never know with somebody like that until they actually get into the office. I mean, nobody knew. Franklin Roosevelt was going to be the American 20th right. century equivalent of Machiavelli when he was governor of New York, or before that when he was assistant secretary of the Navy. I mean, he, he, he it wasn't evident at all. So it's one of those things you have to wait and see. Uh, Jay Cost with Weekly Standard, thanks so much for your time. We really appreciate it and the analysis. And tell everyone else outside New England who's thinking about sending money, don't. It's a lost <laughs> cause. Keep it. Spend thanks, it Michael. in New Jersey and Missouri and other places where it can do some good. 